This is At Humber 96.9 Radio Humber's daily in-depth news and public affairs program. I'm Jess Monday. Today we discuss the confusion of Humber's vaccination clinic and shocking news in the world of soccer. All this and more today on At Humber. In the news today, it was a big weekend for the Humber Hawks. The men's soccer team clutched the gold and title at the double the CCAA championship after flying into a hornet's nest to take on the Seneca Sting. Their 2-1 win signals the end of their season with a perfect 16-0 record. This also means that they successfully defended the title after their win last year, proving once again that the Hawks are still flying high. At Humber reporter Joshua Drakes talks with head coach Michael Aquino to learn more about the magic behind the team. Coming out of the weekend, what's the feeling? How's the team? That's awesome. I mean, it uh, never gets old to... Uh to win a national championship, uh, you know, the uh, tops off the, all the hard work uh, that's gone into it since uh, middle of August. And the guys were uh, very excited, of course, and especially in the way in which uh, we won it. A uh, lot of emotions, but uh, for sure, it's a great feeling. Uh, excited to be back home as well, but uh, ended a, uh, a great week with, uh, with a national championship. That last game with Seneca was really close. Was the team feeling the pressure in those last few moments? I don't think so. I think it's just, you know, it's a matter of uh, just trying to continue to do what we do uh, throughout the entire game, right? It's uh, it's obviously a game that's played over 90 minutes plus uh, injury time there. And so we were uh, looking to find that tying goal, which I thought we we're knocking on the you know, on the door in the uh, for 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 most of the game. We had some chances, we had some chances that uh, we squandered. We had uh, a couple of close shots. We had a crossbar in the 80th minute. So, you know, we were knocking and trying to find that goal, and we just continued to try to uh, flood the box with some with some passes, with some crosses, you know, and, and try to get the ball in front of the goal so that we could find the uh, the opportunity. And uh, fortunately enough. Uh, we were able to do so in the dying uh, moments of the game, which uh, which which pushed the game onwards into uh, extra time. In that last uh, moment there, that would be the defining moment of the match. Was there any other point, maybe right before that, where you realized that this is it, we're going to win it? Oh, I don't know if there was a prior moment that gave me the indication that we were going to find the goal. Um, I thought we had played a, you know, a, a relatively good game and, and had created enough chances to have uh, found ourselves a goal earlier. But that's the game of soccer, right? Sometimes, uh, you know, you just don't find that opportunity. And sometimes uh, you don't get many opportunities. It's obviously, it's a big field to cover. And, and regardless if you're playing against 11 or, or 10 or, or, uh, or 9, at some point, you know, there's, uh, you know, you still got to create those opportunities and, uh, and put the ball in, in the back of the net. The team has had, for without any other doubt, a sweep of a season. You guys just brushed aside all competition. So, what would be? What's the magic behind your strategy? What really worked for you? Well, I mean, it's just there's so many things there. Uh, you know, just bringing bringing a good group together, a group that you know is going to work well together, a group of guys that uh, are coachable, are willing to, um, you know, put in the time, the dedication, the work ethic have a passion towards a similar goal, which is each and every year trying to get back to a national championship and trying to win one. And, um, you know, this group, what I did like about this particular group was, you know, just the uh, camar- uh, camaraderie uh, that the group had. And, 
know, the togetherness that uh, they brought to each practice, each game. And you could just see that the, the group was growing um, as much on the, you know, off the field as, as it was on the field. And so I think in the end, you know, we were able to pull through some difficult moments uh, at nationals uh, in order to secure uh, another national championship. Now that the uh, championship's been won, what comes next for the team? Are you going to have to do a lot of rebuilding for next year? Or do you think a lot of players are going to be uh, retained? Well, I mean, uh, we do have a lot of younger players this year, for sure. So the hope is that you know, a majority of the group does return. So the focus, uh, as it was, I guess, September 1st, is uh, is uh, to continue to perform uh, in the classroom as much as you are on the field. We have uh, a good group returning. We're happy about our... Uh, our, our our recruiting class from last year that's come in, but at the college level, there's always uh, things that uh, that change that from year to year. And so, having said that, of course, we're going to be also recruiting from now until next year as well. That was at Humber reporter Joshua Drake speaking with head coach Michael Aquino. The sports world is buzzing this week as the FIFA World Cup is once again upon us. Every four years, soccer fans look forward to watching their team compete. However, this year's contest is not without some controversy. FIFA ambassador Khalid Salman made homophobic remarks that have upset many people. So how will this affect play on the pitch? At Humber reporter Antonio Clark talks with U of T social work professor Peter Newman, who specializes in LGBTQ issues, about how this might distract from the game. In what ways do you think the comments made by the ambassador could be hurting his product? Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good question because, um, you know, beyond the content, you know, and, and judging what he said, you know, which is quite false. Um, I think that, right, one major point about it is like, I think that sports, you know, can play a really great role in bringing people together and, uh, you know, across like religions and countries and race, ethnicity. I mean, it, it can be a really, you know, unifying force. And of course, FIFA is like huge, right? So the potential and then someone called it ambassador, you know, you would think that their aim is to kind of bridge differences and, you know, as you're saying, kind of mobilize the brand. And so by kind of repeating very old prejudices that are largely not accepted by any scientific body in most of the Western world, um, he's creating fractures um, rather than using the great potential of sports to kind of bridge differences. Do you think that matters of LGBTQ have always been a point of debate in sports? Always. I mean, I, I hesitate to make, I, I, I mean, I don't know always. Um, certainly, like, even when they're not a matter of, like, public discussion, there's probably issues, like, simmering under the surface, at least, you know, for the past, you know, many, many decades. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm more aware of, you know, in different sports, like, big stories of some athlete either being, uh, you know, discriminated against and having issues to report or some major athletes, you know, like coming out at some later point in their career and kind of going back to describe the challenges that they faced in terms of navigating um, that, um, which of course, you know, that's beyond even organized sports, that, you know, in locker rooms of schools across, you know, across the country. I mean, so those issues, yes, are right, to some extent always um, underneath the surface. After the remarks, what position 
has that put those people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community that may have intended on actually physically traveling down to like Qatar to physically witness the games? Yeah, of course. I mean, I do think, I think that, um, well, I'm sure some individuals were already, you know, aware of the kind of less than uh, modern uh, stance on LGBT people in Qatar. I mean, they're not as worse as some, you know, they're not as bad as some. Uh, on the other hand, you know, it's unfortunate because I think compared to some countries in the region, they're a little bit more open in terms of like economic progress and the like. And um, that unfortunately it seems to take uh, a longer time sometimes for people to come around on kind of more, more current day views of, of social issues. Um, so yeah, I'm sure it's going to have some people second guess whether they would want to go there or not um, and you know, be on guard if they did go there. With these homophobic chants that this Mexican, you know, the fans of this Mexican team were chanting, as well as these homophobic remarks made by the FIFA's organization, to kind of bring everything together, do you feel like this could really serve as like a, almost a stain on FIFA's legacy? Well, I mean, I mean, as you may know, and I don't follow it so greatly, FIFA doesn't have the most fantastic up and up, uh, you know, reputation in terms of transparency to begin with. So for an organization that you would think would be trying to repair its image due to some kind of, you know, um, wrongful ways they've done business in the past, which have been published in the news all over the place, you would think they'd want to use the opportunity, as you're saying, to kind of move forward and instead yeah it seems like this is taking a step back that was at humber reporter antonio clark talking with social work professor peter newman about the remarks made from fifa's ambassador still to come humber alumni making waves in the music industry this is at humber on 96.9 radio humber stay with us anytime any day anywhere Good to Talk is there. Good to Talk is a free confidential helpline for post-secondary students in Ontario who need someone to talk to. If you're navigating changes to your life, work, and academics during these unprecedented times, Good to Talk is here to help you 24-7. Students can reach Good to Talk by calling 1-866-925-5454 or texting Good to Talk ON to 686868. Again, that's call 1-866-925-5454 or text good to talk on to 686868. It's good to talk. Getting a job is tough unless you have the right team in your corner. Let the Humber Career Center be the one in your corner to help you get the jobs you want. It will help you build a career portfolio which includes transcripts, samples of your work, awards, certificates, or anything else you might need to get ahead of the game. We've helped over 1,500 students just like you get the jobs they wanted today. Visit our website at careers.humber.ca for more details. The Humber Career Center. Stand out from the crowd today. Welcome back. I'm Jess Monday. At Humber continues now. There was some confusion this year about the flu shots that are given at Humber's vaccination clinic. It appeared the clinic scheduled for last week was canceled, but that's not the case. At Humber news reporter Barbara Patrocinio talks with Leah State, a director of student well-being at Humber College's North Campus, about the confusion and the clinic itself. Why were the clinics canceled this year? The event was never canceled. We never scheduled it. I think there was just bad. It was an old 
webpage that it was from last year. So it wasn't canceled. It was just the wrong information never got taken down. That's all. And we are giving the flu shot out to students, but a clinic to me implies that we will see the entire community, including faculty, staff, employees, and that it's open, that you can almost just drop in like a shopper's drug mart, but we just don't, we don't have the amount of vaccine this year. And we want to make sure that we're prioritizing it for the students who need it for their placement. So we're going to get more vaccine at some point, but part of it is a combination of we're waiting for vaccines. So the vaccine that we have, we're prioritizing the students who need it. And then part of it is also if you want to do a really big vaccine clinic, there's policies and, and protocols to keep everyone safe. And so, you know, you need lots of people watching people who have just been given um, the vaccine to monitor for any um, adverse reactions. And so we can only do that on a smaller scale currently, but um, we're in the process of hiring some staff. So and what kind of service do you provide to students? We provide lots of vaccines for our students. So um, lots of students come to us for any number of vaccinations that would include anything they might need for placement, um, as well as, again, just more preventative, you know, maybe you don't need a particular vaccine for placement, but you just are looking for uh, a flu shot or, or something like that. So we give lots of vaccines at our clinics. So if a student is interested in getting a vaccine, where exactly should they go on campus? Yeah, you can go to the health center. Um, for the vaccine. So we have two locations. One is in the LRC at North and the other is in the well, uh, the welcome building at Lake. Um, the vaccine, it depends on whether it's free or not. So some vaccines, um, if we have to pay for them, if they're not covered, so something like the flu vaccine is free, right? It's covered. We get it free from public health. We don't charge students for it. If, if some of our vaccines cost money, then, um, and the student wants that vaccine, then they have to pay for it. It's often covered by their health insurance, but we don't mark up the vaccines. We, we charge what we pay for them. So we're not profiting from the vaccines. And do students need to make an appointment or how does it work? No, I mean, yeah, you definitely want to make an appointment um, to speak with one of our amazing nursing staff or a medical staff. So they can just come to the Student uh, Wellbeing and Accessibility Center. They can make an appointment and then they can talk to the nurse about um, what, you know, what they're hoping to be vaccinated for. And then the nurse can direct them as to um, how they can get that, when they can get that, the schedule of that, because some vaccines require more than one one injection, right? So sometimes there's a schedule. So the nurse can talk them through all of that information and they go from there. And how are the appointments done? Is there like an online platform or is it in person? Yeah, you can either phone, you can email swack at humber.ca. You can pop by in person to talk to one of our client care facilitators to book an appointment. There's lots of different ways to get in touch. That was Barbara Patrocinio talking with Leah State, Director of Student Wellbeing at Humber College North Campus. Up next, a look at holiday spending. You're listening to At Humber on 96.9 Radio Humber. Stay with us. Campus Dental not only welcomes students and staff of Humber College, but any members of the community. 
We operate as an independent dental hygiene clinic with a full range of services, such as teeth cleaning to polishing and whitening without losing the quality of care. Our level of care and less out-of-pocket expense for you is important to us. We provide our patients with preventive services to get the best results in their dental hygiene. Learn more at loveyourteeth.ca. 96.9 Radio Humber is taking you on a cross-country journey into sound with all new band together performances live from the homes and studios of your favorite Canadian artists. Black leather glove, no sequence. Every Tuesday and Thursday at 5 p.m. Listen live on the dial at 96.9 through the Radio Player app or online at radio.humber.ca. Band together every Tuesday and Thursday at 5 p.m. Only on 96.9 Radio Humber. Humber continues. I'm Jess Monday. Just minutes from now, the latest news, sports, and weather. But first, have you started making your holiday shopping list and checking it twice? If you're like most people, you are planning on spending the same as last year. However, with inflation and rising costs, how far can Santa stretch those dollars? Chartered Professional Accounts recently released its 2022 holiday spending report. At Humber reporter Eric Reed speaks with CPA's Carolyn Goodwin about some of the key findings from the report and some saving tips. Um, CPA Canada's position on uh, preparation for holiday spending is really to take advantage of some of the season savings. So we know that, um, you know, everybody every year, you know, people have to make decisions on what they should or shouldn't cut um, with the with the economy and what we're seeing. And, and based from this actual survey, we know that some Canadians are worried. In fact, um, 54% plan on spending the same amount as they did last year, but 67% feel that inflation is actually going to uh, be a factor in what they buy. Take advantage of coupons and sales, right. especially Black Friday sales. Uh, know what your prices are so that you're not also maybe conned into thinking something is a sale and, and really it's not. Um, you could have You could have got it somewhere else cheaper. Absolutely. And then also uh, one of the key things that we are also recommending is maybe think about a priceless gift that doesn't necessarily have to be a physical gift, but it could be a gift of your time or services um, because this is this is the time where, you know, a lot of people are feeling the crunch and, and it's, a, it's a year to maybe experiment on experiences. Yeah. So um, continuing on to the shopping, like what are maybe some of yours or CPA's strongest um spending tips when you're actually in the in the bulk of it um make make a list budget yes. so many uh when we found out from the survey is that people don't budget um right. they, they aren't necessarily prepared but we also surprisingly found out that those surveyed said that they would be spending the same as what they spent last year which was a little surprising to us and yeah. kind of us feel that if they're not curbing their actual dollar amount that they're spending that maybe they might be considering going into debt mm. uh, the survey did say that 22 percent of them surveyed said that they would be going into some kind of debt over the christmas holidays um, and that's a fairly significant and concerning number that come january you know a quarter of canadians could potentially have found themselves had taken on some debt over the holidays so create that budget Look at your list and check it twice. <laughs> yes, I you love know, that. And maybe there's an opportunity to uh, merge some some gift choices. So, for example, it, me and my family, uh, we have right. I have seven siblings. So there's oh. eight of us. 
you know, uh, in some years we've, instead of purchasing for each one of us, all like in having all those gifts, we've decided to just draw a name. So it's really just going out and spending maybe uh, a dollar limit of $25 or $35 on a person. Uh, you maybe would spend $50 and just pick a name and have one gift. That is yeah. a lot cheaper than spending $250 on seven gifts, for example. Taking into those projections that you or those recommendations that you just said, hopefully this wouldn't be happening. But if it does to be happening to someone and they feel like they've already overspent or they're getting close to that, um, do you have any recommendations for that? What someone might do or should do? Um, if they've already overspent? Yeah, or they feel like they're getting close to so that. So really consider uh, looking at your credit card and the cost of carrying that debt. We know that credit card debt is can be upwards of 20% or higher interest if you don't pay off your balance at the end of the month. And so then go back and think about what you just purchased. Maybe you did get five or $10 off that product in some kind of a sale, but then if you can't pay it off for two or three months, 20% interest on that product over time is a heck of a fee to have to spend on top of what the cost of it was. So going back and looking at real, what really was that value. Also during COVID, it really taught us that we, we, uh, we got closer with our families and maybe we Definitely. talked a little bit more about money. And right. I think the shame is kind of lifted and people aren't as afraid to just kind of speak up and say, you know what, we've just gone through COVID. We all know about inflation. We, we hear it in the news every day. We also see how interest rates, we know that the impact on our mortgages, if, if some of us have mortgages um, and or are paying rent, which right. is impacted by the higher interest rates on, on the mortgages, that, that everybody is kind of in that same boat. And the beauty of being in the same boat together or being aware of these situations is that it's more easy to have that conversation. That was at Humber's Eric Reed speaking with CPA's Carolyn Goodwin. Up and coming Toronto musician Chell is making waves around the city lately. The Humber College alum is working her way towards a big break with her newest single, Think of Me. It's actually a part of a capstone project for music business students at Lakeshore who are promoting her song. I had the opportunity opportunity to connect with Chell and learn more about her career and the project. So my name is Michelle um, and I am a singer songwriter and I perform under the stage name Shell. I've been performing my entire life since I was, I guess, like 14 is when I started and releasing music and all that stuff. And then, you know, I went to York University and got my BFA there. And then uh, I just recently went to Humber over the summer for the music business program, which I absolutely loved. And yeah, now, right now, I'm just still working on my artist career and then also working at a uh, music magazine based in Vancouver. So that's a little bit about me. You're collaborating with other Humber students for a semester-long capstone project. Could you outline it for me? Yeah, so basically I did this exact project over the summer um, with another artist. Um, so basically the project is you are in a group of, for us, I, I believe it was eight people and everybody has their own roles. So to keep it simple, um, it's kind of like you're the artist's team for the semester. So there's somebody who is doing promotion, somebody who's doing marketing, uh, someone who's looking for sync licensing opportunities, uh, somebody who's focusing on radio. So everybody has their own little role that goes into um, basically managing an artist. Um, and yeah, so I did it last year in the summer with an artist. And then this year at the end of my semester, 
our professor, Tom, reached out to me and asked, because he knew that I also do music and I have a music career, um, asked if I want to be the capstone artist for the fall semester, which was really cool. Um, so I was like, yeah, I would love to. Um, and that's what brought us here today. And it's honestly been such an amazing ride. And they've been so helpful. And I, I think I'm really going to feel it when it's over and they're gone because I've just been, you know, able to kind of take a backseat a little bit and let them do all the, I guess, uh, administrative type of work, like sending emails mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I, I just have to focus on you know, the creative side, which has been really, really nice. So it's been honestly an amazing experience. It's a great project. So why did you choose Humber? I really like Humber. I, I think it's very hands-on, which I wasn't used to with my uh, undergrad. It was mostly just like, you know, sitting in class and just like learning. But um, so specifically this capstone project got uh, allowed us to actually be in the situation presently there and like working hands-on with our artists. Um, and then afterwards, when you finish the first semester, you get to actually go into the real world and do a internship and really see what it's like being in the music industry. So that's what I like about it, where I didn't really get that in my undergrad. Um, so I, I love Humber. It's great. What made you want to get into the music industry? Is it competitive? I've been in the music business for a very long time now. Um, so I kind of just started off because I love to do it. It wasn't really something I was thinking about. I just, you know, I love to sing. I love to perform. So I just kind of got into it without even realizing. And as I grew up, I started real. I started understanding um, the business a little bit better, especially in the Toronto music scene, uh, meeting a lot of different artists and producers and managers from across Toronto and Ontario. And um, it's great. It's definitely competitive as an artist, I will say that, um, especially when, you know, everybody's kind of doing their own thing and you see on Instagram, like, so-and-so, I don't know, moved to LA and has like a hit or something like that. You know what I mean? So obviously for artists, it's going to be a little bit more competitive, but I mean, you kind of just have to take a step back and realize, okay, like, I know it's competitive, but why am I doing this? Well, clearly I'm doing this because I love to do it. It's a passion of mine and you know just don't really think too much about the competitiveness of it or else you're kind of gonna spiral i think <laughs> that was toronto musician chell talking about her collaboration with humber music business students and that's it for at humber for november 15th our lineup producer is carter roy today's contributors to at humber were joshua drakes antonio clark barbara patrocinio and eric reed our technical producer is anthony giordano i'm just monday at humber is produced by students of the journalism and radio broadcasting programs on 96.9 radio humber mm -hmm.